construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, welcome, golfers, to another episode of the Flagstick Podcast with myself, uh, Jeff Bonner, and uh, my good friend, as always, Scott McLeod. And uh, the Flagstick Podcast is sponsored again this week by Taylor Made with Stealth. They have pushed past the limits of titanium and introduced the world to the carbon wood age. So how far are they willing to take it? Good question. Way past far and into forgiveness. Introducing all new Stealth 2 Plus, combining elements of speed and forgiveness to unlock forgiveness. Visit tailormadegolf.ca to learn more. Now, just before we jump into our uh, into our show... As always, we want to remind you to follow us on social media, all the net, all, all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and um, TikTok. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and we do really encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like us and click on the notification bell to make sure you never miss a single episode. We've already begun adding some unique content, and we're going to start some contesting pretty soon. Scott keeps bugging me about it. I will get to it. I promise. <laughs> Promise contest stuff is coming. I just got them, some irons in the fire. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the irons, thing. L- I literally? got irons. Irons. <laughs> I have irons. Did you catch it? I yeah, have yeah. irons I in it. the I fire. Caught I caught yeah. it. All right. Scott. Yeah. How are you? Man? Have you played some golf? I played nine holes. <laughs> nine it, it, it's it's cold. It's chilly yeah. out. Like it, it's, it's still like uh, I played nine holes with my daughter. On uh, Saturday night, I guess it was. Right. Uh, she said, "Hey, let's go play." So, got a chance to to get out first time here in Canada this year. Um, was nice for the first seven holes, and then I think winter started to hit again. So, yeah, yeah it, it's been tough. I mean, you know, I was out teaching the other night. I mentioned to you, I had a couple lessons uh, Tuesday night, I believe it was. Yeah. And man, courses were, you know, it was pretty quiet in the evening because once that sun started to creep down. Yeah, Woo! it was it, just, it was a little brisk. So, it gets yeah. nasty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You might notice you? I've got the I've got the light. Those watching on YouTube, I got the light preserver on today. Yeah, I see that. Uh, it's a little chilly in my office, so I'm <laughs> I'm going with the the lightweight hoodie, um, and the uh, the poofy vest uh, in the office today for the well, Marty, You may Marty also McFly. notice. Yeah. Those may also notice they can hear me this week. Yes. Yes, um, it was pointed out to me by uh, by my good friend Scott McLeod on the other side of the <laughs> uh, the microphone here that my um, my microphone must not have been on. Well, uh, as you it turns out, a, there was you a, had a a microphone. There was on, a technical glitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a the there was a technical glitch uh, which has been resolved this week. So now you yeah. can hear my booming, um, you know, often uh, very uh, intriguing voice uh clearly is that, wife, is that what your wife says i don't know no she doesn't really so. talk about my voice that much i don't think <laughs> yeah. she's ever listened to the podcast well, actually that's not true i think she has listened to the podcast because she's on the email list well there you go she's on the, I, I, she's on I the will, database I, I will say you know thanks to uh, all the listeners again you know i mentioned stuff last week but uh we are actually you know we're a year in here now and we're actually having our largest download month ever in this April. So thanks to all the new listeners that are out there and the yes. continuing support of the other listeners as well. Well, that's the thing. Eh? We just we try to build these things. They, they they don't they don't grow they don't grow in leaps and bounds overnight. They yeah. it's a it's a slow growth, you know, it's like uh planting the seed and adding some water and getting a little heat and well here's the thing. Know. We're on we're on episode 39. The 39. If, if if you dig through the podcast and dig through lots of stats, and I was helping a, a friend go through because they've got a, a new podcast and it's been quite successful so far. Our our friend uh uh, Jenny at the at the morning hot tub. So they've got, a, they've got a podcast now. They've moved it over there and just talking about different stats and things like that. The average podcast only lasts six episodes. It's because people just bail on it. I mean, there's 2 million podcasts out it's there. It's a lot of work. There's probably 500,000 that disappear. And you're right. What ends up happening is that people realize one, they either run out of ideas uh, or two, they just go, man, this is just, you know, this is too much work for. Well, for it's easy to. It's easy too when you kind of get the the momentum going and then it stalls a little bit. And we've had that happen with this podcast uh, a few times where things come up and yeah, you don't sure. do a week and yeah. and then maybe you don't do two weeks. And then it's very easy at that point to say, uh, you know, well, you know, yeah. what's the point of doing this? Well, 
you know, we didn't do that. Obviously, no. we had as soon as we were able to, we get back on the microphones and, and start yeah. recording. And and we have endless amounts of stuff to talk about. So the, the beauty of this this podcast is um, I, I can highly doubt that there will ever be a time where we don't know what to talk about for an well, hour. Well, or I, a I, half an hour or <laughs> an hour and a half. I mean, God, some of these podcasts are for an hour and 45 minutes, which yeah. is longer than really we want them to be. But when you got stuff to talk about, you got stuff to talk about. Like it's it's endless amounts of stuff. We haven't run out of things in 27 years. No, it's funny when you mention the podcast thing, because, you know, how, you know, most podcasts don't last past six episodes. In 1996, when we started the magazine, yeah, the statistic in the oh, industry yes. yeah, yeah, back yeah. then was that that it was a staggering number percentage and i don't remember the exact percentage but it was the, a staggering staggering percentage i think the average magazine at that time <clears throat> was basically the same as an nfl running back it was actually done in two and a half years yeah yeah like in the, so. the, the percentage of magazines that made it past five years was like oh like 10 percent yeah if if not lower and and we were in that 10% of that 5% after five years. And we were, we were there after 10, we were there after 15, we we're there after 20, we we're there after 25. And then even after when they, even after the magazine was taken mm. away from us because of COVID and, and, you know, high, high printing costs and stuff, and we were no longer able to do the print magazine, we're yeah. still doing yeah. flagstick under, under the flagstick.com banner uh, exclusively now. So you can't, you, you can kick us. You can, <laughs> yeah, you can kick us all you want. Yeah, you can't get rid of us. It's yeah, too actually, hard. On, on that note, actually, it's kind of interesting because they, you know, uh, obviously, Flagstick was always a, you know, a free publication that was supported by advertisers yep. and other things that we did. Um, and then people don't really realize, you know, kind of the cost of paper and what really gets into. And, and here's a great example for you. I was going through the the checkout the other day and going through the till, and I happened to look up at a couple of magazines and I had to be fair. I mean, I, I love magazines. Usually when I jump on a plane or whatever like that, I grab some, when you jump cop- out of a plane. Well, no, onto a plane, oh, onto a plane. plane. Okay. Uh, usually grab a couple, you know, a couple of things, usually not golf. It usually might be something tech related or something like that. Just, just for reading. Right. But I really don't pay attention too much to, you know, the pricing and how it's gone with that. Yeah. I literally saw magazines that were, Eighteen dollars. Um, I think a, a single publication of a, a of a larger, we'll call it national golf publication out of the U.S. now is like twelve ninety nine a copy, and, and people have to realize it's like you know there's a reason for that. There, there's a lot of expenses that are involved there, but it, it's kind of shocking when you look at it. Granted, you know a lot of people do it by subscription, you know, and yeah. maybe there's some discounting for for that, but single um single copies yeah it, it, it's up there now it's yeah. really up there yeah i don't really buy magazines that much anymore i don't travel either the way the way i used to so the need to have them you know i get i gather my stuff off the uh, online most of the time now and you know from time to time i might buy yeah a magazine. well i mean here and, and i mean to that point as well you know and we've said this to a number of people uh, despite the fact that we're not in print anymore, our mm-hmm. readership is actually higher. Yeah, no, sig- quite quite significantly. Yeah, quite significantly. Yeah, I mean, sure. especially especially right now. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, let's let's get, to, uh, let's get to the 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 topics at hand here. I mean, we we could just chit chat about random stuff forever. It's just what we do. This is what happens. When when I call Scott after I drop the kids off at school in the morning and I get in the car and I call him and it's just a it's just this free free flowing discussion of just about random everything. So, uh, anyways, we got a great show for you this week as we always do. Um, uh, we're going to start with Canadian Tourism Week, uh, golf courses across the country, and uh, on the back nine we are going to uh, hear a little bit about golf in New Brunswick from Adam Chamberlain. And Chad Townsend of Gowan Bray Golf Club uh, in New Brunswick. Yeah. Um, with Scott did a little interview with them and recently did uh, had a little tour out there. So um, we're going to get into that in the back nine, but let's get to the front nine presented by Metcalf Golf Club. A natural setting, a pleasant challenge, and it's looking good over there, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, golf season may be closer than you think. In fact, it is closer than you think because it's here. Um, so don't wait. 
Start saving on your golf this season. Buy a membership if you can get one. Join a league, purchase some game packs, and be ready to hit the first tee. Uh, visit MetcalfGolf.com to shop now. And like I said, I was just, I live right near there. It's looking really nice. You haven't played? Come on, get over I can't. There. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You're wounded. Yeah, I am yeah, okay. very let's wounded. Not get, right? Let's not get into that. We'll, no, we'll, let's not we'll, go there. So anyways, <laughs> let's get into talking yeah. about, uh, first off, the um, course opening calendar on flagstick.com. Um, crazy Insane. busy with changes and uh, oh updates and stuff on a regular basis. Some 90 plus golf courses yeah. uh, are going to be open this over 100 weekend. now. I wrote that yeah. number last night and I've had more updates just this morning. And people have to recognize that, you know, kind of tracking all these golf courses takes yeah. a lot of time and work. And I, I will tell you, as soon as I find out, I get updates up there. I, I have an option to do it through uh, my phone, but it is happening 24 seven. And yeah. uh, which and is pretty soon is not going to be a need for the calendar no. because pretty soon, you know, if a yeah. hundred plus golf courses are opening this weekend, there's not that many left to open. So no. the calendar will, you know, we'll keep it up for a couple more weeks after this weekend. And then we'll probably take it down. Um, yeah, or well, the, least, post, the post stays yeah, there yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it, just it doesn't go away, off, but it just falls off the front page. Exactly. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. pretty exciting to see uh, the golf course. I mean, I know uh, my son and his buddy, they're going golfing tomorrow. Nice. I'd love to go with them, but. You could putt and chip. No. Okay. No. I, I, no. I will say we're at we're at the tipping point. I always think 100, you know, out of 150 for, yeah. you know, Eastern Ontario, Western Quebec, which is the area that we're talking about, which is where we track. Um, it's at that tipping point now where more courses are open than closed. Um, obviously, it's a lot of golf courses that are more in the northern, you know, upper Ottawa Valley, but we're starting to see them open yeah. and those deeper into Quebec as well. We've got a few courses just kind of holding off just because the, the weather's not warm. So they're taking time to do some, you know, extra maintenance. But overall, I will say the reports back from everyone, be it operators, golfers, or so forth, the courses are in fabulous shape probably one of the best springs ever so far we'll cross our fingers and don't jinx ourselves but <laughs> condition of the yeah. turf is is really strong so that's great to see for those golf courses now they could just bottle that and sell it every year unfortunately the, the winter the winter really yeah. does dictate what yeah. the spring is going to be like and we've oh, had sure. a relatively mild winter not a lot of deep frost and we didn't have the significant freeze thaw at the beginning of the year. It was yeah. kind of a little bit, but it was a, it was a good thaw. So yeah. a little bit of rain, a lot of the planets all aligned. Yeah. So to speak, and, and that so. includes, as I'll mention, you know, Equinel, where obviously we host the flights to Gopin. They're open now as well. So yeah. good to see that uh, less than a month. I know I got a, a little, month. I got a little zoom, zoom call with uh, Scott uh, McEnroy next week. Awesome. To just uh, go over some details, but I mean, as it, as it sits right now, the field is full. Yeah, uh, there's about thirty or thirty-five uh, on the currently on the waiting list. Maybe a little longer, more than that now. Um, generally speaking, a couple weeks out from the tournament, we start to see a little bit of movement on the wait list. Uh, so those that are on the wait list, uh, it's still possible that you could get yeah. in. Um, but you know, there's always the two ball in the fall, and there's always. Uh, Something else in the summer. <laughs> um, we keep hinting, uh, that, we keep uh, hinting, we, we keep might hinting. be making an announcement about in the, within the next week. So yeah, uh, sure. we're just dotting some I's and crossing some T's right now on the on the 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 third event in the year. So Ooh, let's leave it at that for now. I like it. All right, cool. Um, okay, Scott, uh, oh, what nice. do we want to talk about? Let's get into um, let's get into uh, the uh, OVGA. Yeah, we just had some uh, just some news here. I yeah. mean, uh, Golf Ontario actually just had uh, they have a couple of different golf days for officials and so forth. They do some training across the province. Um, they had one down at the Brockville Country Club. Uh, Use that opportunity, Kyle McFarland, who's the new CEO, good friend of ours. Um, Use that opportunity to uh, recognize uh, Jim Davidson from the OVGA. Uh, for his work as the uh, Dick Grimm Distinguished Service Award uh, as part of Volunteer Week. It was Volunteer Week last yeah. week. 
Uh, obviously, volunteers are really the heart of golf. Not everybody is paid to be, you know, operating uh, tournaments yeah. and doing all sorts of different things. So it really relies on the volunteers. Uh, Jim has, you know, done a lot of work with the OVGA. He's done some stuff. He's doing stuff with the CJGA. He's jumped in all over the place, um, you know, and, and just a great guy. Uh, really dedicated to the juniors. He really helps out with the, uh, the supporting the OBGA junior team as well. Um, and, you know, he was recognized for those efforts by Golf Ontario. Yeah, we love Jim. Jim yeah, uh, has on occasion helped out with uh, with our yeah, events with as our, well, uh, with yeah, the Flagstick sure. Open and, and Brockville. So um, congratulations, Jim, on that um, very uh, uh, well-deserved honor. Yeah, 100%. Now, next week, Scott... Yes. Next week, you are um, going to bring oh, back yes. a little update. You're you're, <laughs> yeah. you're disappearing again for for just a, early uh, so, in the week. Small little sojourn, yeah. um, To a uh, um, couple of things. Then. You got the media yep. day. I got two. I got uh, so on Monday. Believe it or not, already. I mean, uh, you know, it's May next week. Yeah. So only just over a month away then to uh, to the RBC Canadian Open which, you know, uh, is happening now on it's an crazy. earlier time in, in the schedule. Uh, so they have their media day on, on Monday. Um, not sure who's going to be attending or who's going to be there virtually or whatever the case may be, but uh, at Oakdale, where uh, we actually had our golf journalists uh, day in the fall. So uh, just going to get down there and, and see what the infrastructure is like. And I, I know they've got a lot of the grandstands up, a lot of things happening there. Uh, so hopefully I get a chance to uh, sit down with Brian Crawford, the uh, tournament director, as they did last year. Mm -hmm. uh, there so um you know a chance to talk to some of the people there and then uh and then flipping over the the next day heading up to uxbridge uh for the ontario golf hall of fame day at wooden sticks nice. uh, should be another warm day at, at wooden sticks <laughs> it might like, be you never know you uh, never know you might have you so. might get some warmth it yeah, was not but, warm last year uh, it was not warm, but that was the fall, obviously, too. So it was a little bit different time. This is going back to its traditional time yes. in May. Um, but, you know, we're seeing a couple of uh, journalist friends there get uh, some nominations as well. Uh, Gary McKay is going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was a distinguished, um, uh, Lauren Rubenstein, uh, distinguished uh, media award winner before. Uh, and then Rick Young is receiving the Lauren Rubenstein uh, Media Award. Yeah, Love Younger's it. getting that. So uh, going up there to, to support them and uh, see that gang so uh yeah it's going to be a busy two days for I sure hear you. So, i hear you now um prior to uh, just before we jumped on to do the podcast uh you you uh, another event oh, announcement yeah. kind of came <laughs> down the pipe so we had to we had to we had to pivot and uh and add something to the uh to the list very quickly just to yeah. mention and i'll let you mention it because you're sure this is your thing i this just kind of you added it yeah, so uh, Endless Summer, which was a, a long drive event uh, and pro-am that took place last year uh, at Trillium Wood in Belleville. Uh, it's back this year at the, at the uh, start of July. I said June in my note, but it actually is the uh, early uh, July. Uh, and they've announced that uh, two-time world long drive champion Kyle Berkshire uh, is going to be a headline competitor. Wow. Uh, so if people are not familiar with with Kyle, I think a lot of people are. He's, he's kind of a more publicized long drive guy mm -hmm. um obviously got a youtube channel he's been seen in a lot of other youtube channels and stuff like this uh, i've seen this guy hit golf balls in person uh and what's scary is i saw him inside hitting balls into a net that was scary <laughs> uh, you know we're talking 155 mile an hour club head speed you know 235 plus ball speeds um so a, a real coup for them there jody jenkins runs that event down there um he's already got you know jason zuback in there as the announcer obviously a, a, a multi-decorated canadian and uh, you know and a world long drive champion multi-time uh you know he's got a good list of competitors down there so just a fun thing to see and it happens yeah. to be uh kind of this way uh another note actually for down that quinty region there's two events coming up back to back down there as well for um east coast pro tour and toronto players tour so uh, i think okay. both those events are still looking for players they're pros and better amateurs so one's at black bear one is at trillium so just a note on that as well that's not on the sheet always something yeah that's what, say. Like, <laughs> that's what we say there's not there's never any uh, uh, there's never a shortage of anything to to, to talk about uh yeah. because there's constantly stuff you know funneling through especially now that the season's starting it's oh, yeah. going to be uh 
Just follow um, our Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. It's like nuts. I said off the top of the show, follow <laughs> yes. us on social media. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Um, let's get into this golf across Canada. Uh, yeah. Canadian Tourism Week. Yep. Um, there's 2,400 plus golf courses across this great country of ours. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, we mentioned the economic impact of golf in Canada. Oh, yeah, um, it's huge. Just let's just talk about the, some of those numbers, Scott. Like, just yeah, the, they talk about those numbers a little bit. What what are we looking yeah. at? Because it's so it's, people, it's incredible. Yeah, obviously, tourism is a, a huge uh, component here in Canada. Just general tourism, uh, but when we talk about golf tourism, uh, the impact on golf in Canada study, the economic impact of golf uh, study, the 2019 one recognized that golf related travel nationwide. Uh, had an impact of about $8.68 billion per year. Um, Golfers, you know, they travel. They don't necessarily just play in their own backyard. They don't necessarily say, hey, I'm joining a golf course and that's the only place I go. Um, They take trips. They, you know, blend golf into their summer vacations. They they organize uh, their summer vacations uh, around playing certain golf courses. So, you know, it's a growing market. There's uh, approximately 4.8 million trips involving golf, uh, 3.3 million in their home province, 1.8 outside their home province or abroad for people. So that's a huge opportunity as far as I'm concerned. It is. And and obviously this is from 2019. So we obviously in those, those two years, those two sort of COVID years, we certainly would have seen a downturn in that. But I think that the, I think the optimism, optimistic side of it is, is that what it was in 2019, if they were to conduct studies now, mm-hmm. you know, into 20 later 2022 and into 2023, that we'd probably be seeing um, a rise in that again, uh, yeah, you know, for sure. significant proportions. Yeah. So, you know, it's trending in the right direction. And we're seeing a little bit of that, to be honest with you, through the marketing partners that we're starting to, um, that we're starting to build uh, mm-hmm. with flagstick.com. We're starting to see more partners yeah. Uh, in the in the golf tourism, but not just from the U.S. Like there right. is some U.S. stuff, Which but we're was starting the to traditional see a little more thing that we used to see before. Yeah, right? we would yeah. always, you know, it was always, um, you know, U.S. based tourism. Now we're starting to see, you know, from out west, we've got we've got some new uh, marketing campaigns on Flagstick.com starting this week from Western Canada. Right. Uh, you know, we've just recently had uh, a major one from uh, from Eastern Canada with Golf PEI. Yep. You've recently taken um, a uh, a trip mm-hmm. to uh, New Brunswick. Uh, yep. Well, recently, it's it's recent Fall. in my mind. Fall, <laughs> um, and we've done some some new stuff there, and we're we're building some new partnerships with that group. Obviously, yep. we have um, the uh, the interview that you did uh, with Adam Chamberlain and uh, and um, Chad, Chad Townsend, Townsend. Yep. Uh, coming up in the back nine. Yep. Um, that is going to shed some light on sort of what's going on out there and a little bit yep. of your trip. So, you know, there's definitely a huge, uh, a huge market, a huge place for golf travel in Canada. And, and, and I'd like to see, I mean, obviously I love seeing the golf travel in Canada. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, there's some great places to. Yeah. And I know. think there's a, I think there's a lot of people, um, you know, just don't know about a lot of the areas. And, and I think that's just more because of the marketing we, we traditionally see, you know, certain golf courses get the brunt of media attention. And I'll, I'll say, uh, you know, that's unearned or we'll, we'll call it, you know, unpaid. It's mm-hmm. just stories about particular things and, you know, no offense to other media outlets or, or so forth, but, you know, they tend not to dig very, very deep. Some do, but mm-hmm. some don't, you know, it's really easy to go, Hey, I know about cabin and I know about, you know, this, this facility or this facility, but you know, the fact is there's 2,400, you know, it's not a yeah. top 50 or a top 100 or whatever. I mean, it, there's, it goes way beyond that, especially as far as golf tourism. So the areas are starting to recognize that, mm-hmm. you know, they can provide value, whether it's golf Vancouver Island or, or whatever that, that, you know, if they start to do marketing, they actually start their own momentum. And you know what? It's nice that maybe they have, you know, one or two headline golf courses, but it's just like going to Scotland. You go to yeah. Scotland, you play the headline, you go play Carnoustie, but Panmure 
is damn good. Yes. Right. You know what yes. I mean? And yeah. you might not hear as much about it, but it, it's really, really good. Um, so once people realize that they don't need to be embarrassed about, you know, well, Hey, we're not the head, we don't have the headline golf courses, but you have something to offer people. Yeah. Um, and not everybody is going to pay $300 around. Well, no, I mean, the thing is that's, you know, they may want, they may want to look at that as one aspect of their trip, uh, right. but then they want to sprinkle in more golf. I mean, generally speaking, when people take these trips to, um, you know, for lack of a better place to describe when they guys do their Myrtle beach vacation, yeah, the courses they play on their, on that vacation, they're not, they're not all, they're not playing all, you know, TPC, courses. Yeah. Caledonia, yeah, yeah, yeah. True Blue. They're not right. playing all those because there's, there's yeah. other plays, places that they play as well sure. that are the much lower cost ones that have the cheaper replays and things because the yeah. guys go down there. They want to play still some golf. Good golf, but they want to golf. Right. So when you're on a golf vacation, yeah, you want to take in the take in the the sites and, and whatnot of the destination you're going to. But de depending on what group is going, some groups just want to go and golf. Yeah, and they don't care necessarily about the culture. Um, yeah, well, you know, the, the thing it's is important, no, but it, but they no, go no. to golf, and yeah, why does it have they, to be Myrtle Beach? But they also don't have to have the um, they don't have to have the sweater golf course. I, I call it, you know, the one where they have to buy the logo and buy everything else, whatever. Yeah. They just want a solid golf course that they enjoy, and you know, there's literally thousands of those across this country um you know i saw it the other day phil phil jonas long time uh you know golf pro who's out in saskatchewan he was out playing you know pike lake which is a very modest golf course in a provincial park out in saskatchewan and he said every course has its value mm -hmm. 100%. Which, is, which you know so yeah it might not be the one that people know about or or gets the headlines or gets gets the big stories right mm -hmm. but when you dig down to it 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 does it does something and i mean from a tourism standpoint you know courses just need to have a little bit more pride and realize that you know people will come you just have to make them aware that you're you're there well and that and that is really the that is really the 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 big the uh um the big thing with it is that you, you have to talk about it you have to have a you have to have a tourism marketing plan mm -hmm. um you can't just expect that that someone's going to write a story or, you know, that your website is going to be enough to draw and, you know, posting up some Facebook ads and some social media marketing is going to be enough to draw. You have to talk to the, to, you have to talk to the consumer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, for some, some places like flagstick.com where we, we write stories, mm -hmm. you know, it's the partners, the travel, the travel marketing that we bring in is never, is never just about the marketing. No. It's about, it's about the partnership. So when we just finished doing a big uh, ad campaign with a, with a destination in the U.S. at Innisbrook, yeah. and part of that marketing campaign was was some content that yeah. we 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 talked yeah, about wrote about it yeah. wrote about the place. Yeah. Yes, they bought marketing. Yes, but yeah. more was involved in that, and that's the kind of partnerships that we have. And we're doing the same thing with with uh, Golf Vancouver Island coming up, and we we've, yeah. we've done it with Golf PEI, and yeah. we're going to do it with with uh, Golf New Brunswick, and it, well, like it's and and we've done it with Tromblant before. Yeah. Here's so here's for, the here's the interesting. Sorry, you just finished that thought, and I, I've got yeah. For me, thing. I'm I'm an eastern I'm an eastern Canada. Yeah, like that's that's where I've been. Yeah, one of the things that I would really like to do at some point or another is I would like to broaden my spectrum a little bit Get and west. go and do some Western Canada golfing, yeah. and, and I'm I'm expecting yeah. that that's going to happen at some point or another. It's yeah. just for me, you know, it's been very convenient, convenient. for me to do sure. Eastern Canada travel yeah. because of where we're located. But you've been all over all over the country, so I'd yeah. like to get out west a little bit and do a little bit, you know. Uh, Alberta, BC, uh, Vancouver Island, yeah. you know, even some of the central stuff like Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to do that too, but get it west. But anyway, go ahead. No, I, I think the point I was going to make was just, uh, you know, golf courses need to realize that, you know, we get questions and we get DMs and messages and stuff for people all the time. The thing that people ask more than anything is they ask about the golf courses they don't know about. They ask about the destination. They go, hey, I'm going to wherever. I know this golf course. This is where I'm booked to play. Where else do I go play? 
Yeah. And that's, I think the real value. And I think that's where golf courses need to fill in. So you said about going out West and going down East. Um, I mean, I wanted to use an example, a little bit of a trip we did in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Uh, I think back 2001 or so. It's we a did perfect a, example. I think it was the first time I, I, I managed to drag you down East. Um, and, you know, there is an example at that point, obviously, you know, Cabot, uh, you know, links didn't exist, but even if it did, you know, our further trip that we did down there where Cabot was there, we visited other golf courses yep. and there were other great golf courses. I mean, you know, what were particular ones that sort of were memorable for you that maybe people don't even think about or know about as much? Northumberland Lynx was the one that, that oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, particularly those three three or four holes right along the uh, the Northumberland, Northumberland Strait. Yeah. Um, that was like Lynx golf at its finest. Like it was yeah. fantastic to play those holes. The, the other holes were nice too, but they were up on the up on the hill a little bit on the other yeah, side of the road. And... They look differently now after Fiona though. I've seen new, yeah. new pictures after the, 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 after the hurricane ripped through there. So they're actually looking more links now. Okay. Like now anyway, so a great. lot of, a lot of trees are down. So Dundee was awesome. Shitty camp was awesome. Digby yep. pines. Um, yes. yeah, that yeah. was, that was really, really good. Um, yeah. and that and old was Stanley we, Thompson course. That, well, that's you know, it. We came over on the ferry, um, from St. John, New know, Brunswick, yep. uh, from New Brunswick and, and that was our first sort of stop. Um, you know, it, it it's, it, but we also played, you know, we also had, um, some yeah, other great golf courses that, that are more of your well-knowns, you know, yeah. I mean, we did have, we did get into up into the Cabot trail on that trip and, but yeah, we played, more... we played, we played Highlands links on, on, on that one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but we had, uh, um, White Point was on that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that trip, the hurricane. <laughs> yeah. Great. You know, a great, you know, a great nine holer that, yeah. you know, you know, South, South of, uh, the Halifax area. And we've talked about it briefly in the show before, but you know, nine holes by the ocean and, again under underrated a lot of people will know other golf courses around there but yeah. they just dig deeper even, even that same area as chester golf club is down there it's a great spot um you know a lot of people maybe know granite springs because it's a newer golf course yeah but you know white point you know a classic old golf course it dates back from the 20s uh you know really yep. cool resort and you know there are literally hundreds of those across this country and i think that's what the message that was trying to get across a yeah. little bit in this segment is that, you know, that economic impact could be even bigger for golf tourism in Canada. If we actually just, you know, facilities stood up, puffed their chest a little bit, maybe cooperated with some of the other properties in their mm-hmm. area and said, Hey, let's really try to attract those people that are already traveling to our area or bring attention to it, in, you know, in their marketing efforts and not just yeah. deal with, you know, members and people that are just in their backyard. Perfect. Great spot to stop there uh, because we're going to continue the discussion about um, Canadian golf destinations uh, when we jump into the back nine and we bring on uh, the interview you did with Adam Chamberlain and, Tra- and Chad Townsend of Gowan Bray Golf Club in New Brunswick. Uh, we're going to do that. But first, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, let the sponsors say their thing. And when we come back, we're going to have that interview that Scott did. Uh, so stay with us. You're listening to the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff and Scott. See you soon. That's far. So much forgiveness. Wait, did you say forgiveness like far or forgiveness like forgiveness? Forgiveness. For. Forgiveness. Far. Forgiveness. I'm hearing far. Forgiveness. Like forgiveness. Forgiveness? Forgiveness. I'm still hearing far, but whatever. Introducing Stealth 2 with more carbon for more forgiveness. Forgiveness. Just hit it. All right. Welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast uh, with myself, Jeff Botter, and this guy with me, Scott McLeod. Um, On to the back nine, we say, presented this week by Greensmere Golf and Country Club. Save 40% on all daily green fee rates with FlexPass, which includes six-day advance booking for only $425 plus tax. Visit greensmere.com for more information. Scott McLeod, we're on to the back nine, and uh, this is one of those weeks where instead of listening to uh, you and I talk about stuff, we get to listen to you do an interview with, <laughs> with two two guys from Gowan Bray Golf Club in New Brunswick, Adam Chamberlain and Chad Townsend. Um, yeah. Do you want to just tee up this interview before we sure. get into it? 
Yeah, Adam Chamberlain is the uh, director of golf down there at Gowan Bray. Gowan Bray, if people are not familiar, and I get into it obviously in the interview, um, beautiful golf course in, in Bathurst, uh, New Brunswick, uh, has hosted several national championships. And then Chad Townsend, who's the head pro there. Both these guys grew up there in, in New Brunswick, uh, you know, have gone out, worked other places. Adam, you know, is a, is a really fine golfer, played golf at uh, Simon Fraser University, has a big perspective on, you know, golf in the country as it is. Um, but you know, Chad sort of, or, uh, Adam spearheaded, uh, getting some journalists to come down to, you know, sample New Brunswick. And we actually started this process a few years ago, uh, COVID hit. Yeah, and, exactly. That know, derailed it. Yeah. So then, you know, golf New Brunswick is involved. The government's involved and they were trying to get some more attention. They have about 50 golf courses, uh, in New Brunswick. Um, but they've always felt like, you know, and people have talked about it nonstop. It's sort of been a drive-through province. A lot of people mm -hmm. go to Nova Scotia, go to New Brunswick, maybe go to Newfoundland, but, you know, they go to golf for probably Nova Scotia and PEI are, are, are big things. Um, they don't stop and play. And what they're trying to get people to do is, you know, they know maybe they're not going to go there and book a week at New Brunswick to start with. But even if they can stop and sample and see some of the great golf courses that are down there. Uh, so myself, uh, Jeff Brook, and our good friend Tim Baines uh, made, a little, made a little road trip down there in the fall. Um, played a few golf courses, spent some time with the, with the boys, uh, had a look at, at uh, some New Brunswick uh, facilities uh, for a story that's, that's coming up. Should be out soon. Um, just finishing up, want to get all the details right. This is for the print side of things in flagstick.com. Um, but we thought we'd take the time to have a conversation with these guys, hear from their perspective, not only about their facility, um, but, you know, golf in New Brunswick in general, from their perspective as two golf pros working in that province. And uh, I think people enjoy this and, and maybe it'll open their eyes a little bit to uh, golf in New Brunswick and the possibilities uh, that it has. All right. Well, let's not hesitate. Let's not wait. Let's get at it. Here's the interview that uh, that Scott did with uh, Adam Chamberlain and Chad Townsend of the uh, Gowan, Bray, Gowan Bray Golf Club in New Brunswick. Check this out. All right. We're welcomed today by two special guests all the way from Bathurst, New Brunswick. Uh, Adam Chamberlain, who's the director of golf at Gowan Bray and the head professional, Chad Townsend. How are you guys? Good, Scott. How are you? Very good. Uh, obviously got a chance to get down and uh, see you guys in the fall, along with a couple other uh, journalists and Jeff Brook and, and Tim Baines and got to visit your fine facility finally for the first time. So, you know, we want to talk a lot about Golf New Brunswick today, but why don't we start with your own facility? Because, you know, for years I had heard about it. Obviously, a lot of people had uh, been there for, you know, national tournaments over the years, stopped off on the way to other places. But, you know, it's got roots back to 1958. It's been 18 holes since 62. A lot of people have played it over the years. Why don't we talk a little bit about Gowan Bray and kind of what it offers, where it is, so forth. All right, well, thanks, Scott. Um, we're in uh, northern New Brunswick. Uh, I guess we're two hours north of Moncton or uh, I guess an hour from the Quebec border if you're coming uh, straight east. So uh, in northern New Brunswick, but the... Uh, we, we had a little bit of snow through the winter, but our, our golf season is is pretty good from uh, the end of May through to middle October. But we're happy to have uh, Robbie Robinson design the golf course, as you said, back in the in the late 50s and did a great job. We've got 16 of 18 holes uh, with some water views and we're right in the city. So we're, uh, you know, five minutes from downtown and in a great spot to uh, camp between the city of Bathurst, the golf course and the, and the beach just down the street. And I think the location is a really cool thing just because, like you said, the water's kind of right there. And we'll get to one of your golf facilities and its views of the water in a second here. But um, it's centrally located. You said, you know, it's an hour from the Quebec border, a uh, couple hours from Moncton. If somebody's coming from Ontario, for an example, which a lot of our listeners are coming from Ontario, a lot of them are heading east. For years, they've been going to maybe PEI or Nova Scotia or whatever. But you guys are pretty much halfway, right? And just an easy stop off. Yeah, when you cross into New Brunswick, a lot of cases you're probably on the Trans-Canada hitting Edmonston going south. If you go east from Edmonston, you're two hours to Bathurst and then two hours down to Moncton as opposed to going, I think, maybe three and a half yeah. from Edmonton around to Moncton. So it's really in the middle of that road, um, you know, we're to two hours from Moncton or basically three hours from, uh, from anywhere on the island and not much further than Nova Scotia. So if you're coming from Quebec or Ontario and you hit 
basically the Brunswick border uh, at Edmonton, two hours east, as opposed to going south and you're in Bathurst. Which is which is great. So I, I mentioned your other facility. Obviously, you have the 18-hole golf course, but one of the things we were all enamored with was your junior course. And I know you guys, being guys that you know grew up at that club, it's probably an important facility for you guys. But uh, why do you explain to what's so special about your junior course, especially when we look at the location and being the prime location on the property and, and kind of what's cool about that? Because I think in, in Canada, we don't see a lot of what you guys have there. <laughs> Sorry, John, fighting back. Probably a nice little right now. Yeah, we're, uh, I guess, we're, you know, uh, fortunate to have a uh, dedicated seven-hole junior course. Um, that is, I guess, you know, uh, lucky for them, situated right along the uh, back down along the coast, they get some awesome views back there from the number 16. Um, so it's basically a, a, a dedicated space just for juniors. Um, seven holes that range between really about 50 yards up to about 110 yards. So it's really just a space that the kids can learn to grow, you know, love the game, play amongst themselves and really uh, enjoy it. Yeah, and like you said, they sort of get the run of the place. They get to kind of take care of themselves down there. How often do the adults try to sneak over there? <laughs> it does happen sporadically, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, like you say, the great views. It's probably it's probably the best views in the property. Is well, I should say there are some other really good ones <laughs> on some of the other holes, but um, just for the fact those seven holes are kind of right there in the water, and the fact that you guys have you know kind of get that dedicated to the juniors is is pretty special. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of holes at your golf course before we kind of move on and talk a little bit more about uh, some of the rest of the golf in the province. Um, couple of holes really stood out for uh, the group of us. We were talking about them for quite some time after we left your facility. Uh, beyond the one that, you know, Adam made a eagle or albatross on. <clears throat> um, 17, uh, probably a hole that a lot of people talk about uh, and probably have broken a few, broken a few hearts over the years. Why do you describe the 17th for our listeners and viewers? <laughs> How do you even explain 17? <laughs> well, Chad and I had a dollar for every time somebody said, I was three under par, or I was two, even par on 17T, and next thing you know, it's 75 or 76 yeah. in the club. Yeah. But, uh, it's a... Uh, <laughs> 17's a great uh, long par three where good scores go to crash and burn late in the round. <laughs> well, good description, good description. How long is it? It's like 240 off it the back tee? 242 from the tips uh, with a force carry... OB long and water all the way along the right with a turtle back green as well, just to toss that in there for extra fun. Best short par six in New Brunswick. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it sometimes. Yeah. And, call and, it a par four. <laughs> yeah. How else would you characterize your golf course? Just a brief description before we kind of move on. You know, you've got almost 6,700 yards there. So obviously it's, you know, a good test of golf. Um, but what do you think are the key features there? I think we've got some great flexibility um, between our forward tees at 5,200 and our the back tees at 6,700. You can find a, a tee deck to play the golf course and maybe make it enjoyable. Uh, what our members like is they obviously they play it day in day out, but with a little bit of wind off the water, it never feels like the same golf course two days in a row. So um, the holes get after a lot of character, have a lot of nice views, uh, but at the same time you can have uh, have some challenges on some small greens and uh, some, uh, some, but still some nice views of the water. If you, if you make a bogey or a double, you can look off into the harbor and hopefully uh, forget about that bogey. Uh, I think the day we played, it felt like two different golf courses on each side of the golf course based on the weather <laughs> that it was that day, but we, we still enjoyed it anyways. All right, let's, let's talk a little bit about golf in New Brunswick. Uh, I really think, you know, and I've had this discussion a lot of times with some other journalists, uh, obviously Rick Young, who has some ties down there in New Brunswick. And, you know, we think that the New Brunswick golf market is one that's sort of underserved and people sort of miss out, you know, 50 plus golf courses down there. What are your thoughts overall as far as golf in New Brunswick and kind of what it offers the traveling golfer? I think there's lots of great options from whether it's, you know, a high-end public facility or even just your great, you know, local friendly, you know, community golf course that um, from all tips of the province, like you said, almost 50 golf courses in a small province, there's lots of options. Uh, but we haven't done, you know, a great job maybe of promoting in the province right across the board, but there's golf courses that you can play from 
30, $40 for 18. And I think we made the province may max out at maybe 100 or 120. <laughs> so in the golf world, the prices are very reasonable, but uh, I guess maybe don't let the low prices fool you that I think there's some really, really good golf courses and our markets tend to maybe keep the prices a little bit lower, but the quality of golf is pretty awesome and the views uh, and I guess it always goes without saying that there's always maritime hospitality wherever you go. So we're happy to, to see people visiting from anywhere and uh, want to show off the golf course that we have uh, right around the province. Yeah, I mean, I, I can attest to the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter where you go in the province, you get welcomed. Uh, there are no strangers there, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you're, you're always, you're always seem to be a family or so forth. But I mean, it goes from all aspects of the province, whether it's, you know, like you said, in Edmonston, you know, got some great golf courses up there. Uh, downtown Gonquin, where we went after we were there with, with you guys, which obviously is getting, you know, a lot of acclaim because it's down there on the water, had a, you know, recent renovations and so forth. But uh, on top of that, there's other golf courses that people just don't even think about, really. What what for you guys are some of your ones besides yourselves? I know you're biased um, <laughs> that, you know, that maybe that people should think about dropping into or would be surprised by. Well, I'll throw a couple at you and then and chat sure. through a couple more. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned Edmonton Golf Course, like right in uh, when you cross the border. It's hosted a couple of Canadian amateurs over the years. Great facility. Uh, you head south on the west coast of the province. Uh, you know, you've got, you mentioned St. Andrews, but even you've got Hampton, uh, Riverside Golf Course. There's lots of good courses on the, the western coast of the province. And coming towards the east coast, um, obviously, we've got Gambra in the north, but we've even got Miramichi. Uh, and Restigush and Puckmush on the North Shore, which offers some great views um, and, you know, maybe not as much, not as well known around the, the province of the country, but the North Shore still offers some really good golf courses so people can enjoy some great scenery uh, and great culture. And how about you for Chad? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Adam, I hit, you know, I'm definitely touched on uh, 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 many of the same ones there, but... Uh, even some of the courses around Moncton, like your uh, Moncton Golf Club is a great classic course. Um, you have your Mountain Woods, which hits a great uh, price point for the value. And then going, I guess, a little bit further south towards Fredericton with your uh, Fredericton Golf Club, which is a really cool old school track. And even uh, West Hills, which is a recent build in the last three or four years, I believe. So there is... Yeah quite a lot of options around the province for sure if you want to take yeah over. we played west hills on the on the trip down there which is uh yeah we enjoyed that as well a, a huxham design there uh was surprised by that had saw it being developed years ago the first nine and then you know they got the other nine open as well but you know and again from a quality perspective you know travelers are coming from afar they're not you know it's not just all a bunch of country golf courses here these are quality designs as you mentioned your own place it's it's you know Robbie Robinson who you know a lot of people in Ontario would be you know familiar with a lot of his designs kind of up here so um, I, I guess that's one of the biggest things is people have to you know think that you know this is just not a bunch of uh, you know guys just laying out 18 holes in the woods right you know what I mean they're, ac they're actual golf designs more than anything there's some of those too though Scott there, yeah there, there is but obviously that you know that adds a lot of charm and stuff to it. I mean, I, the two, it's two or three things that really stand out is, you know, obviously it's a very uh, wooded province, we'll, we'll say. There's no, shor no shortage of trees. Uh, so a lot of people, you know, that, and, and as you said, from the coastal views, water views, um, you know, on top of the oceans and bays and lakes and rivers, you know, they're just everywhere. And that sort of adds a lot of the, you know, the, the natural element to many of the golf courses. And, and a lot of the same things that, you know, people travel to Prince Edward Island for, for the golf or for the food and for the beaches and same thing in Nova Scotia, if you're going to Cape Breton for the views, like New, New Brunswick has all those same options. The golf courses have got some great, great views, great features and great challenges as well, but there's lots of great beaches that you can visit and there's lots of great, you know, food, you can get lobster around the corner everywhere in this province and, and, uh, you know, people travel to Nova, to Nova Scotia and to PEI for those same, same things that we offer the, a lot of the same features with our own uh, our own twist on them as well. Yeah, you, sometimes you just have to put your hand up and go, us too, we've got all that too, <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. Uh, quickly then, you know, what do you suggest as far as people when they're looking at an itinerary? How many days should they maybe, you know, stay down there? I mean, can they do it one, you know, if it's, is it a stopover or could they 
you know, play for a week? And then uh, on top of that as well, how do they go about, you know, looking at maybe uh, booking? What's the easiest way to do that? Well, in terms of, I guess, booking options, like the Golf and Runswick website does a great job of listing all the golf courses that are available. Um, you know, we know a lot of people already had travel trips planned to Prince Edward Island or to Nova Scotia. So if we're, uh, if New Brunswick is a stopover on the way there or the way back as a, you know, a one or two day addition to a trip, that's great. And, and hopefully once you see, you know, whether it's Galway in the North or in St. Andrews or, uh, you know, uh, the West Hills or somewhere along your, along your trip, uh, hopefully next year you can, you know, spend a day or two extra in New Brunswick and see, cause as Jeff said, you can be in Moncton and play a lot of golf courses, Fairton, St. John. There's, there's a couple really good courses all around the province and, uh, there's different ways it, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to spend a week, but uh, hopefully you can start with one or two and, uh, we can get you to come back uh, again. Yeah, I'd, I'd say for sure. I mean, I've done the, uh, I've done the province in multiple ways, whether staying at one area, using that as a hub or, you know, doing the drive around like we did in the fall. And I'll say that fall trip, I mean, it's stunning if people get a chance to get down there. I mean, obviously summer's beautiful. Uh, fall can be a little dicier from a weather perspective, but you know, when you see those trees and, and the foliage out there, as long as you don't have to play through all those leaves, uh, then, then you're doing pretty well. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, enjoyed our trip down there for sure. And um, look forward to, uh, you know, seeing you guys again. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll selfishly say don't uh, hesitate to reach out to Golf and Brunswick or at any of the golf courses, you know, our websites or the provinces. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I think you'll find some pretty friendly people that want to, want to help you on the way either plan a golf trip or uh give you some directions on where you're going yeah i, I would say the uh, the phone calls always get returned as do the emails as well so you don't have to worry about uh, having bad service that's for sure thanks guys thanks for time thank you so much Scott. all right uh you were right yeah great interview stuff. great interview some good insight there too um this is a perfect example in my opinion the way that this whole sort of the, this thing transpired with uh, with golf new brunswick it's a perfect example of what needs to happen in order to continue to build golf tourism in in the country um is the governments need to lend support which in a lot of cases they do and the organizations the, the destinations need to get together put together a plan and then involve the media in multiple ways not just in saying oh you know well we've got the x number of dollars to spend we're going to buy ads here we're going to buy advertising here exactly. we're going to do this exactly you need to bring the media there yeah or groups there you need to showcase the 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 the, the area the region the province the, the facilities the culture um you the 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 hotels the the restaurants Food, you need to showcase yeah. all of that so that yep. they will talk about it significant mm -hmm. people will talk about it and then you support that with your marketing efforts yeah and that's how it works yeah you know yep. really and this is a perfect example of how somebody gets it yeah i mean the the great part is that it adds a lot of context to it right you can put out ads all you want mm -hmm. um you can be the advocate on your own end yeah. and sit there and say come come see this we have this we have Who this we you. have this but the problem is the credibility comes from the unfiltered opinion the one that yes granted you know they're obviously providing support to go down there and so forth but you know we're we as journalists we still have to be honest of what's good what's bad mm -hmm. and they're great about it too that was the one thing is like you know they'll sit there and say you know maybe you go up here and maybe you go here you know or maybe that golfer would prefer this over this it's not that there's a bad facility it's just maybe a different golfer would like a certain facility over another or a ho different hotel over another depending on what their standards are and what they're after um but creating that context creating that relationship uh with the media side of it it creates some genuine interest to it and you know what as i said to them after the trip this is not about you know one story um, there's lots of little bits that we've already had from this, whether it was, mm -hmm. you know, little reels we've had on Instagram with, you know, some different images. Um, it's the carryover. I mean, the conversations I've had since September already of going down on that trip where people saw, because obviously we are sharing on our yep. social media, we go down there that we're on that trip. And then I can't even count the number of people that have come back to me and said, Hey, you were on that trip. 
where else can I go? Or I'm going now to, I'm going to Fredericton. I saw you played West Hills. Where else do I play? Where do I stay? Um, what other, you know, what other places should I go around there and build a trip around? Um, and, and that's sort of the magic of it. And as you said, it, it's like, you know, you basically start the snowball and before you know it, it's a big avalanche well, uh, of things coming in there. And, th and that's how Golf PEI started. That's how other yep. places started as well. And here's the thing, because um, I've gotten this over the years uh, where, you know, we'll we'll write about a destination. We'll talk about a destination, whether it's it, whether it was in the magazine back in the day on the website through social right. media. And people will say, well, you'll say you'll say anything, you know, for a dollar, you know. OK, so I just want to clarify a couple of things here, make a point. Sure. First of all, we don't we don't generally get a ton of advertising revenue from a lot of these destinations that we write, no. have written about over the years. In a lot of cases, we get none. Um, it's about content. Yeah. Secondly, one of the things that does differ that that does uh, that we do differently, maybe from some people in the industry that that take the free trip and then talk about it like it's the next greatest place on earth. Um, we're we're honest we're very honest we're more i would say more um unfiltered with the destination mm -hmm. than we are with the consumer so in other words what we don't do is we don't in where we write we don't talk about how crappy some restaurant was or how awful the condition was at some golf course um when we write about it we're not we're not we're not we're not so brutally negative as to as to just shoot them down because of you know maybe they weren't in greatly in the greatest condition when we played them but when it comes to discussions with the actual destination the people <clears throat> that are the owners of that golf course or are our contacts within um within the destination we are far more brutally honest with them about things that they need to do differently or things that they should do that they're not yeah. doing on these trips then then we may yeah. then we might be um in the public eye um we're honest mm -hmm. but not not to the point of of derogatory in such no. a heavy negative fashion yeah. and that's not and that's not really the point i mean i've seen as you mentioned i've seen editorial from people where they're there for you know they're there for one day so they mm -hmm. don't really see the whole scope of the place and and really think about it they maybe go hey my my hamburger was late you know, when I, that's, what's that got to do with anything yeah. really? I mean, it's a, a one-time circumstance or whatever. The, the cool part is that, you know, as you said, going and having these conversations and I, and I will tell you, I've had these conversations, you know, even with Adam and Chad after this interview the other day, and they're ones that we're having continually. And we've had them, Sam McPhail at Golf PEI, who we're going to have on this podcast uh, soon as well and, and get his perspective on some things. Um, it's those conversations of what do we need to do better to reach the golfers that are out there? And that's where we lean on our 27 years of experience, uh, experiences being in the golf industry. And, you know, we want to make them better. We're not just mm -hmm. trying to polish a turn, <clears throat> right? That's, that's not, that's not what we're trying to do. Like we're not yeah. trying to oversell stuff or whatever. We're trying to expose those facilities and to people who are going to get, you know, get, value out of going there but also maybe help these destinations to grow a little bit more because that's better for golf in the country and mm -hmm. while it's not our job to be a you know the marketing arm as far as a tourism arm for you know a part of the country we want the game to be healthy so I, I love having those questions coming from Adam and so forth going hey uh, what what do we do next what's the easiest way and you know we talked about booking engines and and hubs and how to go about putting together some itineraries to make it easier for people when they you know they ask about new brunswick trips and here's an itinerary here's a place to go you're going to go for four days here's mm -hmm. the places to play here's the possible you know places you go it's not saying you have to go here you have to go here you have to go here no here's some options for you and it's just it's just taking care of the research which is what we get on social media yep. it's people going man i don't know where to go i don't know anything about this place can you help me? Can you at least give me some guidance and, and, you know, help me from that research side. So uh, kudos to those guys, kudos to everybody in New Brunswick, Luke Lacey as well, who's the executive director uh, for golf New Brunswick, who's about to move on and, and going to work in, in Western Pennsylvania for their association down there. Um, but Luke was part of that, uh, you know, part of that trip as well and, and making some things happen. And uh, you know, they just did a, just did a great job and it, it was a smart, 
it was a smart outreach to to the media to really start things going and and really for me even expose me to golf courses that i haven't seen before which yeah. is it's fun for me too and that just grows my knowledge uh, and our knowledge in general that we can share with with our listeners and readers yeah no it's, it was awesome great interview i hope everybody uh likes it so thanks to adam and chad for doing that and thanks yeah. to uh the uh, them for organizing or for yeah um the trip for, uh, for that small group of media down there hopefully we get a chance to get down there at some mm -hmm. point or another and, and sure. uh e explore if you will as we do yeah. like to do I'd like to get back to traveling a little bit more now that things are are changing a little bit i'd like to start traveling a little bit more for some golf but uh, i like it um so there you go okay great interview uh Thanks. scott great show um Thanks, bud. We'll, we'll end on that note and um we want to um uh we're hopefully i will say this we're hopefully we will have a formal announcement in the next week about the uh, new flagstick.com event that is uh um, planning we are planning to happen in the summer um, it's going to be exciting it's going to be great to have it back and um, just stay tuned something will be on flagstick.com and we'll talk about it on this podcast yeah hopefully next week that's my plan all right sounds i'll good. leave it at that uh thanks to our sponsors metcalf golf club greensburg golf and country club and our presenting sponsor TaylorMade with stealth they have pushed the limits past titanium and introduced the world to the carbon wood age. So how far are they willing to take it? Here we go. Way past far and into forgiveness. Introducing the all-new Stealth 2 Plus, combining the elements of speed and forgiveness to unlock forgiveness. Visit tailormadegolf.ca to learn more. And um, as always, I know and I hope and we hope that you're enjoying uh, watching and hearing this podcast. Be sure to follow us across all the social media networks because we talk about a lot of stuff on social media. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and the TikTok. Um, subscribe to us on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like us and click the notification bell to make sure that you do not miss a single episode. Get yourself over to flagstick.com. For more amazing golf content delivered there every day. As always, thanks for tuning in. Until next week, I'm Jeff Botter. Scott McLeod. And remember, always go for the stick.